2: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We've got a special episode for you today. I'm joined by John O'Dell, a Hall of Fame curator. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, thanks very much. I'm looking forward to it.
2: So this is this seems like you're living out like a childhood fantasy of a job where you just get to be around cool baseball stuff for a living.
1: You know, it's it's even better because I had no idea this job even existed when I was a kid. I could not have imagined it. Um and so I just loved baseball and had no idea that you could actually get paid to do baseball without having to be a baseball player. And so <laughs> at the at the age of 12, when I was no longer able to play baseball, uh, not because I didn't want to, but because yeah, everybody else was better than me, uh, I uh, was like, okay, well, I'll just watch baseball from now on. And I, I've always enjoyed going to games. And then all of a sudden, uh, boom, I'm in the museum field and find out there's a position at the Baseball Hall of Fame, put in for it, and 20 years later, still here.
2: Well, wow, so you've been there for twenty years. I, I'd say, yeah, twenty of the uh, pretty eventful years in Major League Baseball. You, so I, I, was your first year two thousand and one?
1: No, actually, uh, ninety nine. So I guess
2: twenty two years now. Okay, okay. So you you entered at really at the height of the PED era, which is certainly an interesting interesting era to to be involved in and sort of look back on. Um, you know, right. we're, we're, we're going to be talking about the hall of fame's connections video series, but I, I would love to just get your thoughts on looking back at that era, because that's the era that I grew up watching baseball in I'm 30, yeah, I'm 33 so, years old. So that, that was like my heyday is watching, watching all those guys in the late nineties.
1: You know, and it was, uh, wasn't it tremendous? I mean, uh, it was breathtaking to watch uh, baseball then, and so exciting and, uh, and how naive we all were thinking that, uh, you know, I saw the, the Mark McGuire commercials of him with flexing, uh, these, these, uh, monstrous guns with a glass of milk in his hand and going, you know, here's how I do it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, and then the, the, the crashing down later on, when you realize that, uh, not everybody was participating on the same uh, level ball field, uh, you know, it was, uh, certainly has contributed to, um, you know, I think some of the cynicism around baseball, but, uh, let's get around, let's get away from that and, and talk about some, some good old days and some, some real live cool stuff.
2: Yeah. And, and why don't you tell us a little bit about the hall of fame connection series and how this came about, how this was sort of, um, how you got involved with it and, and what the thinking was yeah. in, in making this video series.
1: So it, it began, uh, coming out of MLB contacted the baseball hall of fame and they were looking for some content and, uh, they, you know, we talk about old artifacts all the time. So that we began with the idea of, well, let's come up with some, uh, you know, the, the curators. And I, I work with, uh, with uh, three other curators here at the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, we'll come up with some neat stories about some artifacts. And, uh, you know, as you've, uh, have, you've been here before,
2: right? I have, but I, was, I think I was 12 years old when I was there. So I don't know that I fully appreciated it at 12. I would love to get back there. All right well this is this is
1: my my pitch to you if I can get you to come up here, maybe we can get some more folks to come up uh as well so um we were going to talk just about artifacts and that we going back and forth and and uh with with m l b and then one of their guys uh said, you know what if there's some con- less conventional ways of talking about related artifacts and they came up with the idea of what what we ended up calling trains' so these uh uh uh, this path that goes from one artifact that is, uh, that's pretty, uh, pretty awesome to another one that seems to be absolutely unrelated. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, uh, then uh, with a series of stops so that you go from one artifact to a a person to another artifact and person that, that had an, uh, Uh, a real link. Uh, And then to another one that had a real link and by a real link, I mean, they were there at the same time. They did the same things. It's not just like, Oh, this guy hit 3000. And then across the country, this other guy hit 3000. It's like anybody can do that. But what we wanted to do is use the artifacts as a way of, of linking players and, and artifacts and events together in a way that would take a, a fan on a, on an unusual ride through baseball history. And so that's kind of how we, that, then then the juices kind of got started about, oh, well, you know, this guy was on the field when, and, you know, when this happened and this guy was in the opposing dugout when that happened and this guy caught that foul ball, uh, you know, for an out and then later hit this home run, that kind of thing. So we just started to to create some, uh, some linkages in baseball uh, uh, among, you know, and we've got uh More than forty thousand artifacts here at the hall. they all have their own stories and we've got the uh you know uh, the opportunity to um, to research those and and this was a great opportunity to uh, for us to uh, find some new and interesting and different kinds of uh, of linkages
2: What do you think it is about baseball more than really any other sport i think that allows for that inter intertwining and weaving of history and memorabilia throughout throughout the years?
1: Well, a, a couple of things come to mind, uh, Andrew. One of them is that there's simply a lot of um, of of substance out there. There are a lot of items out there, a lot of artifacts out there. There's a lot in the museum world. We call it material culture. There's a lot of stuff hmm. out there related to baseball, and uh, and baseball has been going on for really a long, long time. So uh, things that we can do uh, at the hall of fame. And we've been collecting since, uh, 1937, two years before we opened up, because of course you're going to open up a museum. You got to have something to show. Uh, so we've been collecting for a long, long time. And, uh, it's just, a we've had the, the privilege of being able to pull all of this together, uh, and have had some advantages in that way that our brethren over the football hall of fame and basketball hall of fame just have not had. And, you know, with golf, uh, you know, it's like, there's there's uh, drivers and balls and that's about it. But with um, you know with baseball, you've got all sorts of, of cool things that uh, that reflect
2: both the player and the team and uh, and the fan. Was there is there a piece of memorabilia e- either that you came across when you first uh, started working at the Hall of Fame, or perhaps that you that you came across when making the the video series? Is there one that sort of stopped you in your tracks and you kind of were like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm I'm holding this or I can't believe this is the bat that that Jackie Robinson used or this is the hat that Mariano Rivera wore? Is there any piece that stands out to you?
1: You know, uh, there was one that, that really made me feel like, holy cow, I'm so glad that uh, people have been collecting this for a long time. And it's because of, it's the Olympics year. And uh, we we're going through and trying to... Uh, find a connection to uh, a fellow who had um, uh, a, a major league baseball player who had helped create the, uh, uh, the baseball team that went to the 1936 Berlin Olympics. And uh, it turned out that he had been teammates of one of the greatest athletes in American history, Jim Thorpe who won yep. gold medals in the pentathlon and decathlon uh, back in 19, the 1912 Stockholm games. And, uh, we had the baseball that Jim Thorpe had signed when he went on a tour of England with the New York giants and it's like back in 1914. So this was just like, you know, the kinds of things that we go, Holy cow. I have just like the, to have, uh, an artifact that, you know, that, uh, an Olympian, uh, uh, has signed and, you know, uh, an Olympian, not from baseball, but from, uh, well, you know, the greatest athlete, uh, in the world, um, uh, in 1912 to, to have a, uh, a baseball signed by him and, and his teammates, uh, which then links up with the fellow who, uh, put together the, the, uh, baseball Olympics, uh, in 1936, which was the one where, um, uh, of course, um, Jackie Robinson's big brother, Mac, uh, ran uh second to Jesse Owens uh when Jesse Owens stunned the uh the, the, the German uh nation with four gold medals. So that's the kind of linkages that we've started finding uh over and over again and it's just just so much fun.
2: Yeah, that's the thing that amazes me. Like I was watching the video series and the one of the episodes that I know you wanted to talk about Dirt in the Skirt to Sandman. Yeah. It, it's it starts with the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, which started during World War II when obviously many, there was still a, a hunger to watch baseball, but a lot of the players were, were fighting in World War II and, and the, the Girls Professional League started. And it ends with Mariano Rivera. It's like, how the heck is this going to get there? But just some of the right. some of the cool, uh, cool, like you said, linkages between playing baseball in Cuba, obviously before that Cuba shut its borders and Jackie Robinson right. to Mickey Mantle since they were crosstown rivals for, for so many years so it's just its just sort of amazing when you peel back the layers what you can connect throughout baseball history I think that's you know I asked you the question what what is it about baseball that um, that makes it sort of possible to do all that and I think it's because it, it's just the the stories that you can connect, to player to player and era to era, you can always find a story or or a player that may have played with someone, or like you said, Jackie Robinson's older brother ran in the same Olympic games. Like, who would have thought that? But it happened. Right. That's it. That's exactly right.
1: And, you know, a couple of things that come to mind uh, as we're talking about this, um, baseball players, great baseball players have longer careers, so they have the opportunity to touch more other players. You know, you. It, football just beats the tar out of you. And, uh, you know, you, you get to the end of your career and, you know, it's been five years and you're done. Uh, and in, in baseball, uh, there are guys who I would imagine I have to go back and check this, but I will bet that we could find somebody who had five years before they even played out the rest, all of their rookie, uh, uh eligibility. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So, yeah the the the, easy the Yeah the years that it spans I think are are truly the amazing part. And you can always find yep. like a matchup or something like he hit his 3000th hit off of this player or this player yep. was on base when he got, when this, uh, when this happened or this strikeout came against that where you can always sort of find, find those sort of weird, quirky things in baseball. And it's always fun when those sorts of things come up throughout the season, because the season, the season is so long as is some of, some of the, um, more down moments. It's fun to sort of pick apart those, those sorts of, uh, quirks and coincidences.
1: That's right, and of course, the 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 ground, the the foundation of it all is the record keeping. The record keeping that's been done since uh, since really since day one, and the fact that you can go back and uh, you know and see through box scores and through uh, play by plays all of these things that that happened, and you can document, uh, you know. Who who was it who threw this and, you know, who did he hit it off of? And and the same guy who hit this ball off of this, you know, this, this hit off of this guy, 20 years later, got his first, his first hit off of somebody else that who is, you know, equally famous. So you just never know where it's going to, to happen. And the greatest thing about that is, of course, when you go to the ballpark, you're going to see something that you've never seen before. Almost always, you'll see something you've never seen before.
2: Yeah, the, the record keeping is, is something that is um, held in high regard throughout baseball. And I think that's a reason why, to get again, mentioned, I mentioned the steroid era, but why people are, are upset about it now is because a lot of those, those sacred records were broken. Or they're looking yeah. at the last couple of years with what we're calling the juice ball era. And maybe those some other records fell when it might not be in in um, you know fair standing because of some sort of th- thing uh, that happened. what do you consider how do you sort of look at some of those records that have fallen over the years? Do you just sort of look at it uh, you have to put it in each each era's context and understand it or do you do you hold a certain record in higher regard than others so i I, um, I end up having to, to uh, using, using my, my
1: heart and my head, I do two different things. And so, uh, you know, in, in my head, I, I know that, um, that you can't really look at home runs from today and 50 years ago and a hundred years ago and think it's the same thing. It's like the, 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 the ball players are, you know, just physical specimens. Uh, they know what they're doing. They've had Pardon me, they've had, you know, a, a hundred years of physics to figure out that, you know, if you just, uh, use a big thick handled 40 ounce bat, uh, and get the ball over the infield and between the outfielders, that that's just not going to produce the kind of game that, uh, that works best for the fan today. Uh, you know, uh, home runs are, are down at the knob, man. You know, you got to be able to swing, and, uh, and, and rocket that ball. And, and then I, I look at the ball itself. I go, you know, what is it that means that, that makes it so that we can't have a, you know, a consistent ball from, from year to year to year. I don't know. Um, and, uh, it, you know, again, sometimes you look at things, you go, you just get a little askance, but, uh, the main thing is that when you go to the ballpark, you know, you just get a chance to honestly, for me, uh, forget some of those things, and just enjoy the the sheer spectacle of watching men do something at an incredible, incredibly high level. And uh, you know i I grew up watching minor league ball uh, down in Tidewater, Virginia. and then uh, my my love for baseball was rekindled when I got a chance to move to Philadelphia and got a chance to watch um mike schmidt and the philadelphia uh phillies play back in the old veteran stadium and climb up to the 700 level and uh, and watch just you know these guys just do extraordinary extraordinary things and it reminded me that there's nothing like baseball
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform
2: How do you, uh, when when a new piece of, a new artifact comes in, uh, or how is it yep. decided that a new artifact, that you're gonna go out and sort of seek out a new artifact? Because one of the things that you sent me that you have is Aaron Judge's bat from his first big league home run in 2016, yeah. and I was actually in center field. I was standing at the Mohegan Sun Sports Four, yeah. Bar. Yep, I was standing at the Mohegan Sun Sports Bar when he hit that home run. It was like 105 degrees at that game. Everyone was miserable there. But we are all excited to watch Aaron Judge, this six foot seven freak that we'd really never seen on a baseball field before. And he hit a home run in his first pitch. And it came right after in his first at-bat. It came right after the Tyler Austin home run in his first at-bat. So they right. went they went back to back. So when did you acquire that bat? And why did you acquire that bat? Was it later when when after Aaron Judge's rookie season happened and and no. he so it was right away. How was that decision made? Right away.
1: Right away. And we just and we decided that because that was, and let's credit records again. That was the very first time in baseball history that two teammates had gone back to back home runs for their in their first career at bats.
2: Mm, okay, how about that? Yeah, so, and so and there you said, go again. You you mentioned you go to the ballpark, you see something that you never. I saw something that I never thought I would see that had never happened before. I saw something that day, yeah. and, and you're telling me. I didn't realize. I maybe I knew it at the time, and I just forgot. But I, I didn't realize that was the first time that ever happened in baseball history.
1: Yeah, first time ever. Not just for the Yankees, and not just in you know uh, the American League. This is the the first time and that it had happened in in baseball history, Major League Baseball history. And so that's uh, and so when I'll be honest, so I, I stood on a, on the the team with with guys, and and uh, we we throughout the year. Um, at the beginning of the season and then monthly through during the season say, okay, um, who's approaching a milestone? Who, who's Mm. doing well this year? Who's reaching a record? Who is uh, uh, looking like they may set a rookie record? Uh, That kind of thing. Uh, So we, you know, we're constantly, the beginning of the season, we say who, you know, who among our stalwarts is going to be doing something this year that, uh, you know, that will be, demonstrating how great they are, uh, Miguel Cabrera, 500 home runs. Uh, And it's like, and so then we begin at the very start of the season, our communications guy is in touch with all 30 teams and says, Hey, here's something I want to tee up. It's like, here's something that's going to happen. When that happens, we're going to be in touch and we're going to be in touch before then. But, but we're going to be looking for, in the case of somebody getting 500 home runs, we're going to look for a bat or a helmet or a Jersey um, something that is, uh, that is hitter-ish, uh, related. And so the, you know, we know what's, what's coming up, but then you got to be nimble. And, uh, so when some, when something happens that is, well, first of all, when something happens that, you know, is going to happen, but you have no idea where or when, and that's a no hitter or four guy, a guy hitting four home runs in a game. It's like, whenever that happens, we have a standard package. We reach out to the, uh, to the communications guys and say, Hey, we'd like to get X, Y, or Z. Um, but then sometimes something happens and it's just the first time ever. And we'll just, we'll, uh, we'll get on, um, you know, uh, text with one another, uh, and go, Hey, what do you think? Does this sound like something that we want to get? And so we'll reach out the very, you know, the very next day, uh, to the, uh, to the communications guys in, um, you know, in this case with the Yankees and say, Hey, this is the first time that ever happened. Uh, could we get, um, Uh, Aaron and Tyler's uh, bats and the, the Yankees uh, being great guys that they are said, yes, we'll, we'll do that. That was back in 2016. So that's, so that's how we got that.
2: And if you were to ever sort of like peel back the onion on that weekend, I'm sure you know this, but the night before is, was Alex Rodriguez's last game,
1: you know, I probably knew that at one time too, yeah. and I had forgotten that. So yeah. is that right? No kidding.
2: Yep. So they Alex Red, they did the Alex Rodriguez sort of farewell ceremony on that Friday night, and then okay. he, he retired, opened up a roster spot for Aaron Judge. <laughs> it's like how about that? I know it's crazy, isn't it? I didn't I didn't realize that uh, that
1: that that was uh, that that Aaron Judge uh, took uh, uh, Alex Rodriguez's um, roster spot.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he was one of them because they obviously also called up Tyler Austin, so they made a couple right. of roster moves. But you know, for all intents and purposes, he, he he uh passed the baton, and yeah, so they were never actually officially teammates in the same dugout together. How about that?
1: That's that's sort of like uh, when um, Tommy Lasorda was a was a pitcher for the um, uh, for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and uh, you know and they uh, a fellow named Sandy Koufax got better. Uh, and that was why uh, Tommy Lasorda had been on the team, and so they they sent Tommy back down to the minors and uh, and brought up um, uh, Sandy Koufax. So, oh wow, you know, it's you know it, great stuff when you find out about all these kinds of transactions and the inside baseball things can be boring sometimes, but sometimes they're just they're just rich.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I definitely appreciate you joining me, and if, for everyone listening, if you have not checked out the YouTube series, uh, Hall of Fame Connections. It's um, John sits down, sat down with Carlos Pena and Lindsey Barra, and, and Carlos and Lindsay host a lot of the episodes. It's really great stuff, yep. really interesting. Just It's also a really cool aesthetic, like the, the set that you guys are on. I think it's all really well done, so nice job.
1: Well, thanks very much. Well, I'll tell you that the set that we're on is actually the locker room here in the Baseball Hall of Fame where it's called your team today and you get a chance to come up here and you can see the history of every single one of the major league teams for the past 10 years reflected in artifacts. So that's not a set. That's the actual uh, exhibit space that we just cordoned off and told people, "Oh, uh, sorry, you can't come in here for a little while because we're doing some filming. Cool. And so uh, yeah, come on up and get a chance to see that.
2: Are you guys expecting um, one of the biggest weekends of the year oh excuse me of of all time when Jeter is inducted in September you know
1: you know something uh we would have uh and and curse the uh curse the pandemic i have yeah. no idea what's going to be happening with covid nobody knows what's going to be happening with covid anybody who says that they do is lying and uh we are uh you know it's going to be in the middle of the week now not on a weekend um And, uh, you know, numbers are going back up, which is, you know, COVID numbers going back up, which is not a good thing, but, uh, you know, I got my shot and I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, some tens of thousands of people coming up, uh, to celebrate, uh, Derek Jeter on his day. And I think that it would, had it been a normal year, uh, last year, uh, you know, the, the, the current record is like, Sixty-five or seventy thousand, or I don't remember eighty, seventy-five thousand with uh, Cal Ripken and uh, Tony Gwynn, and this would have it would have blown it out of the water, and uh, you know there's just no question about that, and and uh, it's still going to be marvelous. It's going to be great. I got to tell you something that's that's really crazy, and it's that um, uh, not many years before I got here, back in the nineteen eighties, still they were having three thousand. Five thousand. They thought five thousand people, seven thousand people, was a big year coming to the Baseball Hall of Fame for induction
2: week. In <laughs> and now, Isn't now, that amazing? And now you're talking about 70,000 people. It's like a yeah. full, it's full football yeah. stadium worth of people just descending on Cooperstown. Yeah, it's one of it's one of it's those true. those funny, fun things each year when when it was normally happening. I obviously never went, but but I would always watch the ceremony and watch the speeches and everything. And it was always always a fun event to to watch. Yeah definitely Definitely. Uh, all right John well thanks again so much for joining me and once again please go check out the Hall of Fame connection series they did a great job with it and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon thanks a lot
1: very good thanks very much thanks for inviting me anytime okay
2: hey guys thanks for listening to the Bronx pinstripe show make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone if you do like the show We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.
1: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.